Dr. Windbag is jealous. If you don't mind my saying so, hubba hubba. Well, nobody ever mentioned he had fathers in high places, including him. Warm guy. It was all I could do to keep from hugging him to pieces. Hey, MASH fans, welcome back to another episode of the MASH 4077th Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me, my good pal, Simon. Gentlemen. Today we're discussing Season 11, Episode 12, Say No More. It's the 252nd episode overall, directed by Charles S. Dubin, written by John Rappaport, originally aired on January 24th, 1983, and the production code is 9B08. From out of nowhere, Collins dashes right through that commie machine gunner's line of sight, Sponge, and pitches two grenades that would have made him the envy of Dizzy Dean. Jamie couldn't get back in time to beat that mortar. He's lucky it's just his leg I'm putting back together. Lucky or not, that boy's a certified hero. All gauze here. Here's your gauze, doctor. Is there anything else you need? Oh, certainly not anesthetic. One whiff of your hair could put anybody out. There is absolutely nothing different about my hair. Now, Margaret, I didn't want to stick my nose into this, so to speak. Retraction. But I got to admit, the aroma in here has brought me back to those dreaded summer days when Mildred would put up turnips. Okay, okay, so big deal. I gave myself a home permanent. I'm going to a lecture the day after tomorrow in Seoul, and I simply wanted to be a proper representative of this unit. Oh, yeah, is that the Chesler talk? Yes. Chesler, you need a guy who did all that work in... Uh, uh, emergency. Emergency care, yeah. Yes, he's the one who wrote the article that gave me the idea to expand the nurse's duties in triage. He's absolutely brilliant. Brilliant? That quack is a journeyman physician at best. It's his press agent who's brilliant. Dr. Windbag is jealous. Dr. Chesler is known all over the world, and you're just another name in the Boston Yellow Pages. And the plot summary for this episode, General Addison Collins visits his wounded son Curtis, a lieutenant. Charles tries to help Margaret, who develops laryngitis as she's about to meet her hero, Dr. Stephen Chesler. Good morning, Major Monroe. Hello, madame. It will be my great privilege to serve you breakfast. We just got in a fresh shipment of Wheaties. How about a heaping bowlful? Well, <coughs> Major, I feel the same way about the food here, but this is all we got. Idiot! I can't. I need a doctor. Good morning, Major. If you don't mind my saying so, hubba hubba. Can't you just say good morning as civilized people do? It is not my idea of breakfast fun to play charades. Uh, doctor, I believe you're being paged. May I at least finish my Wheaties? Margaret, he's wrong. And for guest stars, we have John Anderson, who played General Addison Collins. 240-plus credits for John. He had a good run in a TV series, Gunsmoke, and worked regularly with Rod Sterling. He's also in one of the most amazing episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. Just an FYI. Mm. 
Oh right, okay. Yeah, he's done a lot of that. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't put all the. Oh yeah, obviously there's 240 of them. Oh, yeah. My gosh. yeah, yeah. I know he was. Uh, he was very much uh, one of the starving uh, people in um, what's he called the Twilight Zone and oh yeah, um, the other one, the Outer Limits. Yeah, a lot of those. Yeah. Um, James Cameron plays Doctor Stephen Chesler. His television work began in 1948 with a telecast of A Christmas Carol, directed by pioneer television producer and director Fred Coe. Since then, he has acted in over 100 television shows, including a stint as Chief Justice Michael Bancroft on First Monday, 2002, for CBS. And in 1965, he began his film work in the low-budget sci-fi epic Frankenstein Meets the Space Monster. Good luck. <laughs> 1965. And now he has an impressive resume of over 80 movies to his credit. He has also filmed a record-breaking, now get this one, 5,000-plus television commercials. Wowzers. Wow. <laughs> a busy busy man that's amazing yeah. all right we have michael horton who played lieutenant kurt collins michael horton was born as michael murray horton he is an actor known for star trek insurrection in 98 star trek first contact in 1996 and dances with wolves in 1990 hmm. very cool and harry johnson plays captain stern for well over 30 years harry's adr voice was heard in over 2000 television commercials especially all the law and order shows and Wolf Films, Chicago shows, along with dozens of feature films, commercials and video games, mostly uncredited. His voice work continues to this day. Nice. And of course, we have Jeff Maxwell returning as Igor Sverminsky. And Kelly Nakahara returns as Lieutenant Kelly Yamato. And we have Norman Garrett, who played Patient. Norman's only other credit is in the 1977 all-time classic American Tickler. <laughs> Never heard of it. No, no. I thought you would have done with that title. <laughs> Major General Addison Collins, this is uh, Captain... I'm here to see Lieutenant Collins. How is he? Well, he's got a badly fractured leg, but the last time I checked, he was doing okay. I'm damn glad to hear that. Collins and Collins. Is that just a coincidence, or does the theory of relativity apply here? Uh, he's my son. Oh. Well, nobody ever mentioned he had fathers in high places, including him. Only his CEO knows that's the way the lad wants it. Uh, look, I don't have time for chit-chat. I have a major offensive to take care of. Can I see him now? Sure. Colonel, if I need anything further, I'll let you know. Uh, fine, General. Warm guy. That's all I can do to keep from hugging him to pieces. Curtis. Dad. What are you doing here? I just wanted to see if you were behaving yourself. How are you, sir? I'm fine. You're the one with the leg pointing north. It's just broken. You didn't have to come here. All they told me was that you were wounded, and I'm grateful that it's minor. You having trouble breathing? No, it's just all this medication they stuck in me. You saved a few necks. I just did what I had to do. What anybody would have done. Anybody? What you would have done, sir. Our things at Icor. Well, that Kum Song bulge is a real son of a buck. But we're going to hit him so hard, they'll wish they'd never been born. Sorry to interrupt this discussion of Asian birth control, but um, his dressing has to be changed. I think he's had enough excitement for now. All right, doctor. To get some food, check in with the headquarters. Get all the rest you can, son. All right, let's go ahead and discuss this episode. I will start us off. Okay. I gave this a seven and a half. Okay. For my, my my first note is I wasn't a fan of Margaret's hair. 
<laughs> yeah, I've got perm in big did letters. Not, <laughs> yes, did not like the perm. And my another question I had here was, why are generals always so angry? Always, I feel like it's, all the generals we run into, they're always just so bitter and angry. Yeah, it's a bit know? of a stereotype, isn't it? I'm sure there have been uh, generals in the past who have, you know, who are just sort of like quite calm fellows. Even tempered, yeah. I mean, how yeah. can you? I mean, I understand, you know, the stress of with that job. It must be stressful, but still, mm. I mean, he was so angry at the beginning and so just. He was just wasn't kind, you know. He was rude, and I was like, "How did you become a general with that kind of yeah. attitude?" But maybe that's what it takes. There's an irony, there's an irony though, isn't it? Where he he can be angry and everything like that when he's 20 miles away from the front line. It's always yes. the same, you know. Yes. He's, he's hoping to move his drinks cabinet two inches closer. Well done. <laughs> that's, that's a line from Blackadder. Goes forth, I must say. I can't get credit for that. Uh, I like that um, Charles was helping Margaret. Mm. I did. I did like that little bit. I was surprised that the general's son actually died because <laughs> yeah. we have very few deaths in Mash. You know, mm. either they there's a few times where the where the patient comes in and he's already deceased on the way. You know, or we just don't know the final. You know, like 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 uh, Patrick Swayze's character from Blood Brothers. You know, he had leukemia, but we don't yeah. know the end result. You know, we don't know if he passed away. We assume no. he did because back then they didn't have you know. The medicine that they do these days, but, but still, but that's so that's it, not a war injury though, is it? So it's you're correct. Kind of, yes, you know. yeah, yeah. So it was it's just unusual for someone to actually someone that we he talked and he was around for half the episode and then he dies in it. You know, mm. so I thought that was kind of odd. Uh, it was good, and I liked the conversation that uh, the you know that Haka and the general had at the end about like you mentioned earlier, like he he just he sees all these things as just little pins on his yeah. map. You know, he doesn't realize that these pens have consequences and that there's death, you know, to these. Each one of these pens is lots of dead young men, mm. you know, and now the fact that his son is one of those. I just I like that. But then again, you know, and you can see it on Hawkeye's face when he starts walking out of the trailer and the general goes right back to screaming on the telephone. He yeah. just lost his son. And he had these great moments with Hawkeye, and he just went right back to being a jerk and screaming yeah. on the telephone. And that look on Hawkeye's face, like, well, I guess he didn't learn anything. Or no. was it just disappointment? Was it – he had this look on his face, and I was just like, oh, it's so sad. I loved when Margaret kisses Charles. Mm. So I, I like that whole little – that little storyline with those two. They, I think they work well together when they team oh, them yeah. up. Well, you know, when they're not fighting each other. <laughs> they do have some nice moments together, uh, the, you know, but I can say that with almost any any of the t- you team up any of these characters, and they're going to be incredible together. You know, I don't know if there's a duo that I really don't like when they team yeah. up together. They're all they all have amazing chemistry together. So when they team up, Margaret and Charles, I really really enjoy that. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have many other notes. It was a good episode. You know, it had some surprising moments. I don't think Potter was in it that much. No. I don't have any Potter notes at all. Or Klinger. Yeah, I didn't see much of them. You had them a bit at the beginning where the the general arrives and they were going to give him the VIP tent and he comes in with his own. And he comes with his own, yeah. yeah. His own caravan. Yeah, you're right. That's about, <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah, because Potter never talks to the general, you know, to tell him to calm down or mm. sorry about your son or any of that. It's all Hawkeye. Hawkeye and the general are the main two. 
So, yeah. So, yeah, seven and a half. How about you? Yeah, I'll give you I'll give exactly the same score, seven and a half. Okay. Um, wow, we're on par here. This is scary. I, I know. Uh, going back to what you <laughs> said about the people uh, dying in there, you know, in the previous episode, we had the thing about that um, MASH, the MASH 477 has a 97% you know, survival rate. Survival rate, uh, yeah. Which is which is incredibly good considering what all the injuries that they have in. I mean, admittedly, some people might die when they get back to the hospital, but from their point of view, that's their statistic. Yeah, yeah my, uh, Margaret's hair, uh, the perm, this kind, I think it stays. I'm sure we see her a little bit later on with more curlier hair. And I think she had that when she left, um, when she left MASH. Uh, mm. I got a sneaky suspicion, and this is, I'm only guessing it, I'm sure she had curly hair when she did the pilot episode for Cagney and Lacey when she was hoping to be in that oh. um, I'm, I'm only guessing off the top of that um, the fact that the general has his own trailer is quite fun the fact that he rocks up with basically a caravan and you think oh my lord what's he what's he coming as uh, that must have been a real pain to film in as well just having half of half of that there for him to film yeah I do like the thing what you were saying about with Margaret that she, you know, this is a person who really liked her ideas. This is a change for normally Margaret would be really getting excited to see a, 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 a person who's of influence because she wants to like have some fun time with her, with him. Yeah. Uh, this isn't, this is purely professional. The fact that he was really interested in her ideas for the nurses, rotor system and all that. I think yeah. that, I think that's a, a cheeky nod to an episode we had a, a while ago where Margaret was coming up with an idea of, uh, with Potter's mortgage where she comes up with this new rotor system. I think this is a, link to that which is oh. which it is. well done to them for remembering it um there was a point as well where you're not 100% sure if charles did arrange for the doctor to come and see margaret or he was coming over anyway because he turns around and says how could i not you know not come and see you after your brilliant ideas and charles just smiles now whether charles just got in touch with him and said look she can't come she was really looking forward to meeting you he turns around and says well no i really want to meet her and he comes along nothing's ever said by that but i do i like think that's insinuated that. though i think, I think it's it is insinuated. insinuated yeah the fact that, that margaret kisses uh kisses yes. charles when she's got laryngitis um, yeah. clearly one for for spreading the germs there on that one I very <laughs> kind of a <laughs> you can't catch laryngitis i you don't know do they know that? do you know that would you kill kiss somebody with laryngitis you wouldn't would you sure why go, not no nah, nah, come on nah, let's, let's <laughs> um but yeah otherwise everything i totally agree with everything that you said um so i, I gave it a seven and a half out of ten and you'll be amazed by this one, Kenny. IMDb rating gives it a seven and a half out of ten. <laughs> wow! Yeah. When do we ever hit the exact number for IMDb? That's a rarity in itself. It is very rare. And yeah. the fact that we both—this is an oddity, guys. Right now, we both <laughs> went seven and a half. IMDb went seven and a half. This is something's going to happen now. Yeah, worlds are going to collide. That's crazy. Well, it's coming towards the end of the podcast run. It's that's the way that these things work. <laughs> there we go. Yes, yes. <laughs> All aligning to the big boom at the end. <laughs> it would appear last night's unfortunate meeting between your wet head and the chill air has resulted in a rather nasty case of laryngitis. No, the lecture. Lecture? Oh, that silly talk in Seoul by this quack you've been drooling over. Must go there. So, go. Last I knew, the only thing you needed for the lecture were ears. Yours look fine to me. No, no. I... You. Meeting Dr. Chester after, personally. Really? I thought this was merely a medical sabbatical. Yes. I've admired the doctor for years. Heard he was coming here. I wrote him. Fan mail to a physician. <laughs> it's cute. Never expected a reply. He wrote. 
saying how impressed he is my ideas of triage. He wants to meet me. Me. Well, well, well. It would appear that your current affliction wouldn't make any difference. Your starry-eyed admiration for the good doctor would have left you speechless anyway. Winchester. Voice gone. Fists fine. I need voice two days. You have a fair chance. Margaret, you know what to do as well as I do. Every peep you utter is going to inflame your vocal folds. How am I supposed to work like it? Shut mouth. Use pencil. All right, let's move on to some behind the scenes. I have the first one here. The unusual name of the character General Addison Collins, played by John Anderson, was apparently borrowed from the French horn player Addison Jr. Collins. Born 1927, died in 76. He was considered a brilliant musician who performed with some of the greatest jazz leaders in the mid-20th century, including Miles Davis, Glenn Miller, Charles Parker, Claude Thornhill, and Jerry Mulligan, but eventually fell victim to numerous personal problems. Oh, that's sad. And three of my favorite jazz players there as well. Nice. Brilliant stuff. Uh, when Margaret is in the shower, she has a terrible singing voice, but in previous episodes, she sings very well. <laughs> Maybe she just can't sing in the shower like most people. Yeah, yeah. or she's just that hair dye really is bad. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, the inside of the general's trailer is larger and shaped differently than the outside of the trailer. Hmm. Hmm. Tardis. <laughs> <laughs> um, while Margaret is singing in a shower, there is an external shot of the shower tent, and there is a clear shot of an open window in the tent. There would not be an open window looking into a shower tent. In the, if in the window is an outline of a mannequin or a person wearing white. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I noticed that too, but again, oh, the, the window was yeah, it was more in the like the bushes side. So I'm like, oh, you right. really have to like you know scour through some bushes to get to the window. But yeah, <laughs> why would they have an, a window in a tent? That just seems yeah. or in a shower tent. That's weird. General Pierce, how soon before I can see my son again? I've already spent more time away from headquarters than I can spare. Sorry, I had to interrupt your visit before. I was concerned about that difficulty he was having breathing. It was a new development. I wanted to check it out. I see. Well, what is it? Most likely some post-operative pneumonia. It's not uncommon. We should be able to knock it out without any trouble with antibiotics. You said most likely pneumonia. What else could it be? Well, there's a slim chance it could be the sign of a fat embolism. That could be more serious. How much more? Is he uh, uh, out of the woods yet? No, I, I can't say for sure, but I think the odds are it'll be fine. The odds are one in a hundred means I'll have to stay right here. Well, General, I don't think that's necessary. You show me where your damn phones are? No! All right, I have a fun fact here. Charles S. Dubin directed most episodes of MASH. He directed 44 episodes. Dubin said, as a director, I try to do what the writers had in mind. What did the writers want the audience to know, and how do I do that with the picture, the sound effects, the props, the costumes? I think that anything that's seen on that screen should be from the director and writer's point of view. That I think the best way I can put it. Reinforcing this statement, Ken Levine wrote of Dubin, Charles was a consummate gentleman, always soft-spoken and unflappable. You hear of actors claiming someone is an actor's director or writers saying someone is a writer's director. Charles Dubin was one of the few who was truly both. Oh, that's a cool. wonderful thing to say. That's so and nice. it, it's a great thing. And the fact that he did 44 and the most episodes, it would make sense if they loved him to keep bringing mm. him back, you know? 
I think I think all the best directors are directors who take the writers into um, into consideration all of the time. Hundred percent. An actor will go with what the writer writes down. Yeah. Uh, and then if you've got a director who's going right, let's do what the writer says. I think you get a lot of respect for that. I'm a big big yeah. fan of that. From being a writer and an actor myself, it's kind of it's what I look for. Yep. Now look, brother, Hickman's been selling with that ammunition for too damn long, and I'm just about. How is he? I'll call you back. Well, I'm sorry he didn't make it. What do you mean he didn't make it? He was fine this morning, you son of a bitch! It came on suddenly. A fat embolism somehow got into his bloodstream. It happens sometimes with fractures like that. He was gone in minutes. There was nothing anybody could do. You have any children? No, I'm not married. Kurt was uh, about seven. We moved to Virginia. A big elm tree in the yard. Big one. Kurt was always very small for his age. But from the very first day, he tried to climb it. Some days he'd fall. Other times he'd, he'd get all skinned up. But he kept trying. And then one day, uh, it was about nine, he finally made it. I, I don't know who was prouder, him or me. That night he came to me and he said, Dad, can we move away from here? Well, I asked him why. You know what he said? He said, so we can get a house with a bigger tree. Um, so I have trivia time. Now, last episode's question, to whom was the episode as time goes by dedicated to? Well, the answer was Connie Ize, who had appeared in a number of episodes as a nurse. Uh, this episode, trivia, I wonder why she was, maybe she passed away. She passed away, yeah, I'm assuming she, did she pass passed away. away. Oh, yeah. what a shame. Um, the episode's trivia question, an Asian-American war hero wanted to commit suicide after he was informed that he was being shipped home. What was his name? If you know the answer, go ahead and email us at mash4077podcast at gmail.com. I barely knew your son. You kneel over a kid for a few seconds in the compound, and if there's time, you read a dog tag and call him by name, but there are too many to really remember. But sometimes the special ones stick out. Kurt was in a lot of pain, but the only thing that concerned him was his men. They thought he was pretty special, too. Thanks. I guess the only thing you didn't like about him was his father. Now, let's, let's just say that we, we see things differently. You may find this hard to believe, Pierce, but I never pushed Kurt to make a career of the Army. It's a tough, tough life. But he wanted to be like his old man. I guess the boy sees the uniform with all its brass ribbons. He doesn't see the dirt, blood, and it. And I'm sure he felt the way to make me proud was to do as I did, only better. And that's what got him killed. You don't know that. If Kurt hadn't volunteered, he would have been drafted. Thousands of kids die here. It doesn't have anything to do with who they are or whether they wanted to be here. In this room, there are pins. They die out there. You can't feel the pain in here. When enough of them die, just remove a pin. So many wars, campaigns, battles, not enough time to give names to the dead. Just die by the numbers. I always knew that somewhere for every number there was somebody to cry, but I never heard the crying in this room. 
They were always other men's sons. Will you drink with me, Pierce? Of course. To every man's son. Could you ask my aide to come in here, please? Yeah, sure. You can find MASH 4077 podcasts all over social media. We have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at MASH 4077 Podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. You can find Meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook fan group. You can join up by searching facebook.com slash MASH 4077 Podcast. Or just type in MASH 4077 Podcast in the search and our page will come up. If you have any questions or comments or you want to answer some of our trivia questions, you can send those emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to MASH 4077 Podcast all over the interwebs. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and now we're on Spotify. And if you want to see show notes or do a direct download or listen to the podcast online, you can go to our main website at mash4077podcast.com. If you are enjoying our podcast, consider making a donation. We have a Patreon account at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Geeky Fanboy. All right. So all the moons and planets aligned because everybody thought it was a seven and a half. <laughs> so good on us. No, it was, a, it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. It was fun. It had some good moments. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm Kenny. And I'm Simon. And we'll be seeing you. Hello, Margaret. How did it go with you and the quack? Oh, he... I... We... Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with the Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. Mash fans. Now, as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast. And we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world. So, if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or, of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com, and we would be honoured if you would join us. MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license, all rights reserved.